your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Penguins back in the win column uh, from this weekend. They take down the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night, a two to one victory in overtime. They will wrap up this long six game trip, most of it against Western teams uh, tonight, Monday night. 10 o'clock start time in this, uh, the Sin City, of course, Las Vegas, um, to play a very good Golden Knights team. We will have a full preview of that matchup coming up later on for today's show. But first off, we're going to do a little bit of a recap of the game against San Jose. Um, first off, uh, let me just get this out of the way. The team has not played that well the last four games. I mean, I know that's very obvious to say, but I had to get it out of the way. You know, the, the Penguins are not at the level that you know we had seen during the 10-game winning streak. And you know what? That's fine. It, it really is. You're not going to play that well every single game of the season. You're not. You're going to have lulls. It's an 82-game season. The Capitals have lost, what, four of five, five out of their last six, you know, for the past week, week and a half. That's the kind of stuff that happens, you know, during an 82-game regular season. I would not be surprised if that happens, you know, at some point here for the Penguins. There's, there's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows, but overall, this team is still pretty good. That said, good teams still find a way to eke out wins when they're not playing their best hockey. Now, they definitely deserve to lose the Kings game. I know that was tied um, a couple minutes into the third period, and then the Kings just blew the doors open when their expected goals was through the roof for that game. I mean, that entire period, I think their expected goals for was around five or six. Um, and, you know, at, they, they scored four goals in that period. And for the game, um, it was it was close to there as well. Um, the, 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 the Kings definitely deserved to win that game. The Sharks won. I thought San Jose had the better of the play. I thought Pittsburgh was pushing a bit more in the third period when they weren't having to kill a penalty every five seconds. But, you know, the PK got the job done. You know, that four-minute double minor, you know, against one of the league's best power plays, they probably score. But you know what? San Jose's power play, it's not that good. So the Penguins were able to take advantage of that. And especially with Brock McGinn coming back, I can't say enough how great he has been for the Penguins this season. I know some people are always going to be, you know, just in love with Brandon Tanev with what he brought the last couple of years. I get it. But I think McGinn is a more complete player than Tanev. He's cheaper. He's a better goal scorer provides more offense and, you know, he's just as good, if not better um, on the PK. I mean, that basically just describes, you know, being a more complete player. I don't know why I had to include both in there, but you know what, maybe we're having a little bit of a case of the Mondays here, but you know, you could definitely tell how much the Penguins missed him uh, in the lineup. And, you know, he was great on the PK there um, overall. Um, You know, my second biggest takeaway again, you know, Louis Domingue, um, he came in, he was sensational. Uh, for the Penguins, um, just making save after save after save. I didn't like some of the juicy rebounds that he gave up. I thought, you know, he's, he's definitely going to have to correct some of those um, at some point here. But overall, 
I was really impressed with how he played. The only goal that he gave up, he had no chance on it. It was a hell of a pass uh, from Carlson to Balsers. You know, again, it, it went um, what Glo- glove side. I, I almost forgot that he is a he catches with his right hand, not his left. So glove side with his right hand, but there was really no chance he was going to make that save. It was just a beautiful pass, uh, beautiful uh, shot as well. But, you know, he gave them strong goaltending in the backup position that, you know, the Penguins have not gotten this season. And don't get me wrong, I was a little surprised that they were starting Deming in that game. But towards the end, I'm glad that they did because they need to start giving Tristan Jari more rest as the season goes on. You know, Josh Yoey put this um, in his column the other day of The Athletic. Jari has played um, one of the top three most games as a starting goaltender this season. Um, he, he needs more rest. I've said this on the podcast. I'll say it again. Remember what happened with Carey Price last year. And no, I'm not comparing the two. Obviously, Carey Price has a lot of success for his career. But he didn't play as much in the regular season. I know he wasn't that good. But when he was rested for the playoffs, when the games really mattered, what happened? He stepped his game up, played like the best goaltender on the planet that we saw from 2015 to 2017, took Montreal to the final. I think that's where Mike Sullivan is going here with Tristan Jari a little bit. You know, he, he wants him to be a little more rested going into the playoffs because as of right now, the East is basically locked up. I'm going to get into that a little bit later on in this episode as well. But they're just a really solid performance, and I want to see what else he can do. Now, do I think that he is the long-term answer for this backup position? Probably not. You know, I think they're still going to have to go out and move an asset or two to get a backup goaltender. But I think right now he is a better option um, than you know Casey Smith, just because DeSmith has been really bad this year, and he and Deming proved that in the start. But you know, let's see what he can do. There's going to be a back to back later this week with Columbus and Ottawa. Not really sure which one he'll start. If I had to guess, it's probably the one against Ottawa. Um, I think they would want to save Jari for a Metropolitan game, even though the Jackets are not that good this season. So I'm curious to see just, you know, where the conundrum goes with that. But overall, very impressed with him. He made a lot of 10-bell saves when the Penguins um, badly needed them, um, especially, you know, in the high-danger areas. I mean, he was a rock for them. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just sending a text here while I record this. So just real quickly, it's just for... My girlfriend is just somehow texting me. I know this is the perfect podcast radio that you all are hoping for. But anyways, um, the lone goal that the Penguins scored prior to overtime, Chris Letang. I mean, I don't know. Just I honestly am running out of things to say um, about him this year. Just that burst of speed that you saw on that goal. It's just it it was remarkable. Okay, I am done um, with sending this text. So, all right, whatever. All right, we're done with that. I'll probably just edit that out and then we'll be done with that. Okay, anyways, just, you know, the burst of speed that we saw from him there, I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, he just blew past the defender, does his patented forehand backhand move. He does that all the time in shootouts. I'm not surprised he used it there. Aiden Hill had no chance on that. The Penguins was able to tie the game. Um, you know, this is the best hockey I've seen Chris Tang play since 2016. He stays owning owning the San Jose Sharks. That's something we all love to see. We we all know he played his best hockey of his career in the Stanley Cup final in 2016. And honestly, that entire playoff run. But right now, his play is rivaling what we saw um back then. 
Um, I just, I, 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 I'm running out of things to say at this point. I've said that he's top 10 in average game score. I've said that he's basically a point per game player. I've said that his defensive work continues to be outstanding. Um, he is now, what I believe in terms of franchise all-time points, um, he, he just cracked the top five. I'm trying to actually go find that tweet. If I recall correctly, he had a pretty big milestone. Um, yeah, all-time point leaders. Chris Letang now broke a tie with Ron Francis. He has uh, the sixth most points in franchise history, um, 22 behind Rick Kehoe. So he'll break that easily. He probably will do that this season, though. Is he going to catch Yager at 1,079? No. Is he going to catch Malkin, Crosby, or Lemieux? No, but um, that he will be top five for probably at least the next decade, unless they have another superstar comes, comes in here and just, you know, kicks names, kick, kicks ass and takes names or something like that. But um, just a marvelous game from him. And, you know, the overtime winner just that's been coming, I think from Sid for a really long time. I know he's been, you know, working his way back. I think he's played a much better hockey these last couple of weeks. Um, ever since he came back um, from COVID, what was it, in, you know, late November, almost early December, he's been top five in points during that span. Um, but, you know, he hasn't been scoring as much. That's, I think, been the big knock on him from a lot of, you know, people on social media, message boards, you know, just you know, takes I see on, you know, radios and all, radio stuff and all that. But, when he is making the plays that we saw in the overtime winner to J to Jake Gensel, you know that the scoring slump is only going to continue for so much longer. You know, it, it's it, it's gonna break here, I think, sooner rather than later. He absolutely dismantled Brent Burns on that play, takes the puck, goes far left. Burns doesn't even have a chance skating-wise on Sid, and he's able to put it to the front of the net. Jake boxes out his man has a tap-in goal, the Penguins go home with two points, or they go to Vegas at least. Um, and there you have it. You know, Again, this is probably a game that the Penguins had no business winning because their level of play has dipped these last four games. I know Mike Sullivan has not liked the performance in most of these games. He said as such, especially after the Kings game. I know this is a very hard and long road trip, but you know, you got to win some of these games even when you're not playing your best. And that is exactly what the Penguins did, you know, in this game. So I'm really excited about it. They'll finish off this road trip tonight in Vegas. We're going to have a full preview of that matchup coming up here in the second, in the second segment. But, you know, that, that's just huge. You know, they, they needed those two points. I wanted at least one point out of that, even though the Penguins were not playing that well. But, you know, I was, of course, I'm very happy with the two. We'll see if they can get two more tonight. Uh, before we get into our preview for the game against Vegas, it is the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar as well. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? 
Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. You know, that is the thing here. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there are so many flavors to choose from. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel mint brownie, and so much more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what is new. You can go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 and get 15% uh, off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So we are back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. So big game tonight, as I've said for the millionth time on this episode, Six-game road trip ends against the Vegas Golden Knights. I always love these games just because I think Vegas is a really good team. Jack Eichel is not back yet, but, I mean, he's probably, I would say, I think a few weeks away. At this point, it's just going to make him that much more scarier. Um, You know, Vegas is a contender, and rightfully so. Overall, team-wise, they have 52% of the expected goals this season, 54% of the actual goals, 52% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They have a plus 14 um, goal differential. Um, these are all some of the best marks in the league. 2.91 actual goals for per 60, 2.48 goals against per 60. Their expected goals is 2.7 per 60. So their actual goals, they're outperforming and their expected goals against, you know, it's, it's actually right on cue with 2.48. Um, overall, what lines that we're looking at for tonight, um, Dadnov with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. I will always say, I love watching Mark Stone play. And I don't care. I don't think this is a hot take. I think he's a top 10 player league wide. Um, I would love for people to come up with 10 players that are better than Mark Stone. Um, his two-way work, especially in the defensive zone, is second to none. He's an elite playmaker in the offensive zone. He's a hell of a goal scorer as well. Um, the Penguins need to have their eyes on him at all times. Um, I think the Knights got him for a steal when he got traded from Ottawa. Um, basically, whatever they gave up right now um, – I don't really think is being used in Ottawa. <laughs> That's for sure. They they got him for pennies on the dollar. Um, and, and he is a superstar in this league, you know, and rightfully so. Chandler Stevenson, he's been pretty good. Dadnov, you know, they got it during the offseason. You know, they still have that, you know, misfits line, as they call it. You know, Riley Smith with William Carlson and Jonathan Marcheseau. Of course, they got Marcheseau. I mean, Riley Smith from the Panthers in the expansion draft. And then, you know, William Carlson as well. All three players are having really good seasons too. Bottom six wise, they have Nicholas Raw with Matthias Janmark down there. Uh, old friend Nolan Patrick of the Philadelphia Flyers is down there. Uh, Carrier is down there too. Defensively, I mean, when you can trot out Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore on the same freaking pairing, I mean, good lord. Oh, no, no, actually, no, sorry. And when you can trot out those two players on two different pairings, so apologize for that, you are doing something right. I mean, those are two of the best defensemen in the league. Personally, I think Shea Theodore is better. I think he has the better numbers, especially analytically-wise. Um, he's better offensively. But Trangelo is still really good. He's playing on a high level. But, you know... Vegas is going for it. You know, they have an owner that is willing to spend a lot of money. He wants to win in some of the franchise's first few years. I respect it. You know, I know some people around the league don't like how they do business just because, you know, they make all these trades and then they dump these players after a year or two to sign other players. But you know what? 
that's just the reality of sports, you know, as a whole, you know, they're in it to win it. They will stop at nothing to win it. And they have a really good shot at doing it this year. Uh, they also have uh, Zach Whitecloud on uh, their defensive corpse, uh, McNabb as well. And then goaltending wise, it looks like they're going to be starting Robin Leonard tonight. Um, of course, as Marc-Andre Fleury is not there anymore, he's now with the Chicago Blackhawks and, you know, maybe he'll be traded, you know, before the trade deadline. Um, Penguins injury notes. So Brian Rust looks pretty probable to return tonight from COVID. That's huge. We also have Jason Zucker. It looks like he's a game-time decision. I would expect him back as well. He's been practicing with the team um, for close to a week now. Um, it looks like Casper Borquist and Redeem Zahorna are not on the active roster anymore per Seth, per Seth Rohrabaugh. So those two players will be coming out of the lineup. Zucker and Rust will be coming back in. And, you know, with Malkin playing now, it's getting really close to a full healthy, fully healthy lineup, peeps. Only two left. Aston Reese and Danton Heinen. And those two players will be coming out of COVID protocol any day now, I believe. The only other player that's in COVID protocol is Casey DeSmith. He's the backup goaltender. But in terms of healthy forwards, two more until this lineup is rocking and rolling. And then this team, knock on wood, will be fully healthy. Defensive corpse, forwards, and goaltending, especially when DeSmith comes back. And then we can hopefully see what the Penguins look like when this team is fully healthy. They, they've just about got there. The injuries are, are basically done. It's all up to, you know, a, a COVID outbreak and stuff. It looks like they've slowed the spread from the second one. Knock on wood again. I'm, I'm doing that on my dresser right now. Let's see what happens. But this is the closest they have been to a fully healthy lineup this year. It is crazy that they've won 12 of their last 15 games. But this is still going to be a tough game tonight. Vegas plays a very fast, high-tempo game. They use a lot of speed. Their forecheck is ferocious. Um, their defensive work is also really good. Again, this is one of the best analytical teams in the league. They have been that, you know, even after they fired Gerard Gallant, and I still think that was kind of a weird move. You know, they brought Peter DeBoer in, and he's still gotten a good chunk um, out of, you know, the Golden Knights. They honestly should have went to the final last year, but, you know, you lost to the freaking Montreal Canadiens. You probably don't deserve to go to the final. I, I thought that was a layup series for Vegas. I thought they were for sure going to return to the final. You know, Carey Price and the Habs had other ideas. But this is still a really good team. And once they get Jack Eichel in there, good luck, everybody. I mean, I think the only team in the West that could potentially beat them with that healthy lineup and Pacioretty. Remember, Pacioretty's not in there either right now. When those two come back, the only other team I think that can beat Vegas is um, Colorado. I mean, they have the, the the best quintet in the league with you know with Landis Cog, McKinnon, and Ranson in, and they can also put out Makar uh, and one of Gerard or Devontae's. It doesn't really matter; they're both ridiculously good, and that's the that's the best quintet in hockey, um, at least in my opinion. So, I'm excited for this one. Remember, ten o'clock start. That will be the last ten o'clock start. Um, I believe for the rest of the season, um, if my memory serves me right. I know they have to play out in the desert against the Coyotes, but I don't think that's going to be a 10 o'clock start. I'll, I'll check the schedule real quick to see if I can find it. But yeah, let me just do that here real quickly. I believe that is the very last late night start. Yeah, the time they play in Arizona is a 5 o'clock start. That'll be March 19th. So after tonight, there are no more 10 o'clock games for the rest of the year. So if you need to get your coffee up, go do that. 
but excited for this one. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into just the division as a whole and why making up even more ground on the top three teams I think is going to be really challenging for the Penguins down the stretch here. But before we do that, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's new year, and that means a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. So if we look at the standings right now, and I and I talked about, I touched on this on my social media last week, in case some of you all did not see this. Look at the top eight teams. If you look up the standings you know, on your phone, your laptop, iPad, whatever. All of the eight teams right now are fully comfortably in a playoff position. The closest team to the Boston Bruins, they have 46 points, are the Detroit Red Wings at 41, and the Bruins have five games in hand on them. The Red Wings have played 40 games this year. The Penguins have played 37, the Bruins have played 35. Pittsburgh is eight points up on them. Boston is five points up on them. Behind Detroit, Columbus at 36 games. They are 11 points out of a playoff spot for, uh, behind Boston, 14 points behind Pittsburgh. And then Philadelphia is right behind them at 33. They have played 37 games. So in terms of the Metropolitan Division, if we're just looking at division standings, the Penguins have a 14-point cushion between 4th and 5th. I mean, th- th- it is crazy how the top eight teams are basically locked into the playoffs. And it's basically the same teams last year except for the Rangers are in and the Islanders are probably not going to get in. And here's the funny thing. Right now, the Penguins are five points out of first in the Metropolitan Division. The, Peng- the Rangers are at 54. The Penguins are at 49. Her- Carolina's at 52. Washington's at 51. The Penguins have two games in hand on both the Rangers and the Capitals. That said, as I said earlier, the Penguins have won 12 of their last 15 games. During that span, they have hardly even gained any ground on the top team's in the division. I mean, sure, they're two points behind Washington, but in terms of the Rangers, they're still five points behind them. That just goes to show how tough it is to make up ground during a season. So if there's other teams out there that are saying like, well, you know, we're seven points out, there's still a chance. You know, I've seen some Islanders fans say, you know, the season's not over yet. I mean, people, they have, I know they have games in hand on everyone, but right now they are 18 points out of a playoff spot you're not going to make up that ground with 50 games to go. I mean, I will be more than willing to be wrong, but it is so tough in only four months' time to make up so much ground. Even if you're, like I said, six or seven points, heck, maybe even five points out, you are up a creek at this point, especially in the Red Wings' case. They, They have definitely exceeded expectations this year, but they're now five points back of the Bruins, and the Bruins have five games in hand on them. I mean... That's virtually impossible to make up unless the Bruins go on a massive losing streak or, God forbid, they have a COVID outbreak. You know, same for the Penguins, um, that is. So I really just wanted to get into that and just show everyone that the Penguins virtually have a playoff spot locked up right now. It's all about who are they going to play in the playoffs. Can they get a top three in Metro? Can they try and get home ice? They're three points out of that with Carolina right now. Carolina, though, has games in hand. The biggest thing that's going to make the difference with the Penguins 
is those divisional games. Um, and they don't have and the funny thing is their schedule is loaded with division games in the back half. They have not played the Hurricanes this year. They have not played the Rangers this year. They still play Washington two more times. Um, you know, they still play Philadelphia a couple more times. They still play New Jersey a couple more times. Heck, they still play the Islanders three more times. They have yet to play the Bruins this season. You know, they're they're getting a lot of these Western teams out of the way. So the points are going to matter a lot more towards a playoff seed in the second half of the season, you know, just because they haven't played a lot of these teams yet. But if the Penguins can win those head-to-head matchups, they will have a really good chance of getting potentially home ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I wanted to just, to just touch on that a little bit. I haven't gone into that a lot on the podcast re- recently, but um, it is pretty crazy to think about that, you know, the East is basically locked up at this point. The only thing we need to figure out is who will play who in the playoffs. Obviously, there's still four months to go. Anything is possible. I just think it's unlikely um, as of right now. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up for Tuesday's show, we will have a full game recap of the game against Vegas. And then, you know, for the rest of the league, we'll have some recaps of the of the two games, especially on Thursday and Friday. Probably have a preview for those two games on Wednesday and then Thursday. Full game recap after Friday. Same thing as well. So thank you all so much for listening. Remember, go follow uh, Chris Carter for Locked On Steelers. They just finished up their season this past weekend. He's going to have a ton of off-season content over there. And, of course, go follow Ethan with Locked On Pirates to get your baseball talking. They both do tremendous jobs for um, this network. And, you know, when you you listen to one Pittsburgh podcast, you have to listen to everyone, right? But thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with a full game recap, and I'll talk to you all then.